Um, I'm excited tonight. I'm excited through what um, the Spirit has been uh, speaking to me about and because there's just been so much of a download um, and the opportunity that I've had to share with Clay um, during the week that I know even before I came to tonight that I was going to have to break this down um, into uh, a couple of parts um, in this whole area of what I want to talk about called Interdependence Day. And, um, and uh, yes, this is the new film coming out, Christmas 2014, Jesus arrives in a spaceship, fires love and peace and grace and mercy into the White House and it's just too much for them to contain that it just explodes. The interdependence upon God's Spirit and um, yeah, fortunately everybody gets out alive but uh, is consumed <laughs> with the power and the love of God. But I thought I'd just do a little play on from what our American brothers and sisters have just recently been celebrating on Thursday through Independence Day. And it amazes me how much we celebrate this, this whole era of independence. I know uh, as a young adult, for instance, that we cannot wait until the perfect age, the perfect time in order to leave uh, the... Um, uh, leave the, the care or to become independent of our parents. I know this. I've been there. As soon as I came over to uh, New Zealand as, uh, as a, a 24, 25-year-old man, I was like, yes, this is my opportunity to, to thrive, to, to, to show the world what I'm capable of doing. And, um, and that, uh, there's, there's that, that thing that also we, we obtain at the age of uh, 18 or 21, that big fat 18 or 21 key that is like a trophy, you know, that gives us the freedom of the world. I'm no longer subjected to your tyranny, mum. Here is this big key to prove it. <laughs> you know, it's like that's, that, 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 that bloody great big key is supposed to, to, to actually uh, bring us into uh, independence. But um, on the flip side, you know, there, there, is, a, there is a degree to... Um, to the truth of 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 us uh, and, and the importance of us maturing, and um, and of course we will come to the stage in which we we will leave uh, the care of our, our parents and uh, and make adult decisions, um, and in some instances like the Declaration of Independence that has been celebrated, we're wishing to be free from the rule of something that shouldn't have ruled there maybe in the first place. Independence is something that is also rife within the body of Christ at the moment. And we only have to look at the number of denominations that the church has created to see that we're not doing well in understanding the scriptures when it says that there is one truth, there is to be one body, there is to be, we are to be of one mind and of one spirit. There's something very different when we look at independence and interdependence from kingdom's perspective and what the word has to share in this whole area. Chris Vallotton from uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California, um, just recently wrote on his, um, his ministry blog this very interesting article on Thursday. Um, I'll read the whole thing out to you. 
It said, today we celebrate the declaration of independence. Freedom from the rule of another nation. But with freedom comes responsibility. I was in Romania 10 years ago. Um, sorry, 10 years after they left communism. I got in a taxi that was driven by a young Romanian. When I asked him how he liked being free, he said, when we were communists, we all had jobs and we didn't have to think about what we were going to do with our lives. Now we have to look for work and make decisions about our careers. I don't like it. Wherever we are released from something, Chris Vallotton says, we're always released to something else. Often we long to be, to be free, yet we are unprepared or ill-equipped for our promised land. The children of Israel left Egypt, but unfortunately Egypt didn't leave them. They all died in the wilderness and couldn't make the journey to the promised land. Many convicts today long to be free from prison, only to return a short while later because they can't make the transition from being a prisoner to being a prince. In the land of the free and the home of the brave, speaking of America, there are still many prisoners who live in the invisible cell of self-hatred, anxiety, and torment. It's only in Christ that we are truly free. Interdependence, sorry, independence is wonderful, but interdependence is the highest level of life in the kingdom. It's, inter- it's interesting, isn't it, that independence is something that we pick up on uh, in, in so many instances throughout Scripture of, of, uh, of God's people trying to be independent or individuals um, throughout the New Testament, Peter, um, uh, th- those uh, other examples within Acts. And, um, and just as, as Chris, Chris explains with the Israelites, there's something um, that, um, that when they go through this, this desire to be independent, it gets them into trouble or separates them from God, separates them from His will. And you see, independence is defined in a lot of ways. And in a lot of direction, and uh, in, in a lot of dictionaries, it talks about self-governing, and that makes sense. Um, uh, America wanted to become a self-governed nation, no longer under the rule of uh, of, of the British Empire. Many other nations are, are going through the, the same today, being self-governed. But what does that mean for us as God's church, as people that choose? to be independent, that choose to self-govern, that choose self to govern the way in which his church is defined, the desire of, of his heart. And when you understand or, or, or see that picture of, of self-governing, it's something that is, is rife within us all. I will make the decision on what career path I shall go down. Self will decide the path of maybe who I'll marry. Self will decide the, the direction that, um, that me and my family want to go down without actually allowing the freedom that Chris was talking about that is found in Christ and Christ alone to define those very things. 
to allow him to be the one that we are interdependent upon. And and that whole thing for me of, of, of putting trust in self rather than the one who created the framework in, in, the, in the first place denies us the true freedom that can only come from Christ and our reliance on Him. Now we've spoken heaps uh, about knowing Him and the importance of our reliance upon Him. And Mike brought a, a fantastic word last week uh, about the importance of knowing him and I love what he uh, I love what he said about how relationship trumps behavior it doesn't excuse behavior it trumps it though so behavior is important but the relationship the intimacy that we have is is crucial to our our understanding our our dependency our, our our allowing full control for God to take his place his rightful place at the center of our lives so that's interdependence upon Christ, that intimacy, that, that desire to, to walk in closeness with him. And so I, I don't want to add any more than, than what, is, what has been shared previously in and around that. But how does interdependence come into the picture for us with one another as the church? How we interact with one another, how we depend upon one another on this journey of sanctification on this journey of being defined more and more by him and being transformed more and more into his likeness. How will we be different? Let's turn to the scriptures just so that we have a very clear picture of, uh, of, of, God's, of, of God's design, of the way in which Christ um, uh, sees uh, and, and wants us to uh, walk uh, in this whole area of in- interdependence. So come with me to first off to John 17, uh, verse 11. It's a scripture that we uh, have been speaking a lot into recently. It's the scripture of Christ before he's uh, arrested and is in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane on his knees praying before the Father for us as his disciples. And in this one simple verse, 1711, I'm just reading the second half of it, where he says, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. So first off, we, we, need, to, we, we need to obtain the knowledge that Christ's desire for the church those that his disciples has been and will always be that we are one, united together. He desires unity. He doesn't desire 41,000 denominations with their own independent belief system where we can make our own decisions and we won't be defined by the very scriptures that define and speak of oneness. He desires that we would be one. For what purpose? For what purpose, you may ask? Christ's purpose for the church is that we would all attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ by honoring one another and the gifts that Christ has given to us purposely. Turn to Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 6. This 
paints this uh, this picture for us perfectly. I hope you can read that. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And I've highlighted a few key things in there. The importance of becoming maturity. Yeah, interdependence. And the way in which we, we, we build, the way in which we, uh, we encourage, the way in which we um, uh, uh, edify and, uh, and also challenge one another is to be from a, a posture that leads us into maturity. So it's not um, uh, an interdependence that for every, like as I've said, every decision that, that we, we're trying to make or every circumstance that we, we come into that I'm... Uh, I'm relying upon the wisdom of Jeremy or I'm relying upon the wisdom of Shirley or Justin to, uh, to come into that, um, uh, into that reality. The key is, is that when I come with something of, uh, of, great, uh, of great concern or great confusion and I, and I share that with my brother or my sister, the key is, is that we're being directed back to him. It comes back to recognizing that freedom that is found in Christ. And in, in, in Christ, we will obtain those answers. But that is to lead us to maturity. It's not to lead us in, into a, a reliance uh, upon uh, each person to, uh, to constantly go back uh, round and round the mountain over the same issue. You know, we're to obtain maturity so that we're going from glory to glory to glory. That's his design. It's his desire that we would uh, we would no longer stay in in the, our positions of infancy, but that as we journey together, as we are interdependent on one another, to press each other more and more into God's word, more and more into His presence, more and more into what He says through His word, that we are obtaining more and more to maturity. Christ's purpose for the church to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. How is this this unity reaching the unity of uh, in the faith? How is this unity going to be obtained? What are the key things that He's calling us as His church to, in order to obtain that full measure, in order to come into this unity? And I really feel that the Father has been revealing two key areas that we need to be uh, pressing into more and more as a family with one another, and that is love and humility. 
love and humility that was expressed as Christ modeled to us and showed to us. And there are many examples that we could use. We could use, um, we could use Christ um, at uh, the point of his temptation um, before the enemy in which he, he humbled himself. He had the, he had the power to, to do the very things that the enemy um, was tempting him with. He had the, the, the very power to, um, to, to show that he was the son of God uh, in, in its full entirety through deity. Um, through authority but the very thing that he wanted to model to you and I was that it was possible that nothing was impossible for you and I to obtain to in in the in the human body in the human form and I I, I read that and I, I'm I'm so I'm personally humbled by by Christ's humility in that in that circumstance in that situation to say no, I'm modelling something. I, I, I need to model something to, to my people that allows people to press into my word and speak the life of word into that situation to overcome. But the example of humility that I, I really want to share with you tonight comes from John 13, and, uh, and this was, is going to be our main, uh, our main scripture tonight. So we've, we've understood Christ's desire for the church is to be one. We've, under, we've, 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 we've seen that his purpose for the church is that we would come into the full measure, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so what he's asking us in order to obtain these things is love and humility. And let's look at John 13 from the very top. And, um, and this... Uh, example of, of love and humility that he ex- expresses is something that, uh, that I, I feel is strongly speaking to us as the church. So from the top, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. I just want to stop there. I've, uh, I'm sure I've read this scripture many times before, and um, in in other in other uh, translations, I was trying to uh, cross reference and and just take a look. Um, the NIV version that I have, which is uh, the NI, uh, the National International, uh, the New International Version of the Holy Bible, uh, says those uh, key words. Other translations say that he loved them uh, to the end. Okay? And uh, to the end, uh, telos, um, which uh, the definition there is the end to which all things relate, the aim and the purpose. So let's, let's just go back into that. He said, having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love the full extent of his love. He had a, like Jesus says in this, that with the cross I, 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 had, I have an in, a incredible purpose for it. I have an incredible purpose for it. You know, there's no greater love uh, there for a, for a man to lay down his life for another. There was that, that key purpose, that key aim to uh, sacrifice his life so that we could 
uh, obtain that relationship. We could obtain intimacy with Father God once again. But he says right now, right now in this place, just before, um, uh, just, just in this place as we share the Passover festival, right now the act of love, what I'm about to do, what I'm about to do to you is the aim, the purpose, my design for interdependence and oneness. The full extent of his love. See, the next part of the scripture, for those of, of, of you who read it, does he go on to, to go straight to the cross? No. I don't know how many times I've, I've read this scripture before, but, but when I sat down and, and read this with, with Clay earlier in the week, the words just jumped out and, um, and just stirred my spirit. We're not, as I said, we're not at that point in which Christ is going to the cross we're not even at the point in which he's just about to raise Lazarus from the dead or he's uh, about to, to feed the 5,000. No, the scripture says he now showed them, not that he would show them later on. What does he do to show them the full extent of his love? He loves them as the servant king humbles himself before his disciples and starts to wash their feet starts to wash their feet. Let's read on. John 13 from verse 4. So while they were eating, Jesus stood up and took off his robe. He got a towel and wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water in a bowl and began to wash the followers' feet. He dried their feet with the towel that was wrapped around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, but Peter said to him, Lord, you should not wash my feet. Jesus answered, you don't know what I'm doing now, but later you will understand. Peter said, no, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I don't wash your feet, you are not one of my people. Simon Peter said, Lord, after you wash my feet, then wash my hands and my head too. Jesus said, after a person has a bath, his whole body is clean. He needs only to wash his feet. And you are clean, but not all of you are. We recognize that in today's society, I mean, I, I could have, and I, I, was, I was weighing this up as to whether we all got bowls out, started to wash each other's feet. There's an incredible symbolism that, that uh, and, and, and power that comes from um, humbling ourselves one to another in order to do that. But as Cena is saying, i got some nasty toe jam and uh, I'm not too sure you want to go near that. Self issues? Okay, we'll pray later about that. But that in itself wouldn't really help us come into the, the full revelation of what Christ was modeling through this example. Yes, it was incredible uh, uh, symbol because here is the master, here is Lord, who is humbling himself before his disciples, washing their feet, cleaning the muck, cleaning the dirt, cleaning the filth that would have uh, would have built up during that time, and and getting rid of it all. 
but the symbolism of giving permission for each other to clean and wash away the dirt is something that we are being called to here as a body. This interdependence that, uh, that, is, uh, that God is, is calling us to, this oneness, if we're in this position of, of wanting to attain to the full measure of Christ, is going to take us to a place where we, uh, we need to, to be intimate, we need to be vulnerable and humble enough to go into, into those dirty places. It's amazing just being able to sit down with a couple of people uh, this week and, and just unravel the scripture that there is in the whole symbolism of, of, of cleaning uh, of feet is the, the potential for, for dirt to be made aware by others during the washing process. So there is the, the humility, there is the vulnerability um, on our part to say, yes, you can clean my feet. I give you permission to uh, to come and to uh, to walk with me. Come and 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 clean and uh, and and to to take that posture. But then, what if there's something on our soul, the soul of our feet, that we can't see, that we we aren't quite aware is there, whether that be uh, struggles, whether that be be sin, whether that be things that we're holding on to that we're not letting go or not willing to let go of, and yet in the cleaning process, in that process of interdependence, of reliance, something gets revealed in the cleaning process. Are we willing to go to that place, brothers and sisters, to, to, to have people speak into those areas when those things get revealed? Because the, the whole design, the whole purpose in, in, in the oneness and, and the, the full attainment of the wholeness of Christ is that we're going to be cleaned and we're going to be, we're, we're going to be transformed more and more into Christ's likeness. And we cannot be holding on to those things in our lives that will not allow that transformation to happen. And so in the cleaning process, you know, are we prepared and are we willing to allow that the the potential for dirt is to be made aware and for others to speak into and to bring clarity and alignment and that focus once again so that our eyes are turned and fixed on him. I think Peter's response in this is seeing from a very rigid perspective but also, you know, I've, I've had this perspective for a very long time in my own life as well. He's seeing it from that perspective of master and lord. He's, he's seeing Christ as, as somebody in the higher position. And, and, and we, whether it's, whether it's a, a, a self-issue or, or, or what it might be, we, we've, we've, we've had this whole premise that um, roles and, and levels of responsibility um, uh, is is to be a, a is something that that should get in the way of uh, of us uh, allowing uh, people to to come and 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 speak life into our lives to to be intimate with one another. The, the fact is is that regardless of whether I'm on staff here or not, I'm one of you. I'm a fellow disciple. 
in this journey. I struggle with things. I've shared these things with you from the front. And I continue to, 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 to go through things as I, as I get into his word where I'm having things revealed to me and I'm like, God, I didn't realize that was in my life. I didn't realize I'm still holding on to that. And, and although Peter's response is, is that of, of no Lord, no master, no, no you of, 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 of high authority, of, of a greater, um, greater position, you shall not clean my feet. But what we're called to as disciples, we are followers of the leader. We are followers of him and, and wanting to, to become the very model, the very Christ um, uh, himself. Uh, and, and if we're going to do that, I need to be able to, to walk with you and have you guys speak into my life. I need to, uh, I need to humble myself in that position to say, hey, you have something of the Christ in you that I want to, to pick out. Greg, there is something of the Christ in you that myself on this journey of, of, of walking in intimacy with, with, with him that you have that I want to obtain. And I'm excited about what that means for us as a body, being interdependent, being reliant upon those very gifts coming to life, that fivefold, the, 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 the positioning of, of allowing ourselves to, to receive and humble ourselves to those, to those very giftings, that we would come and obtain that full measure. It excites me. But we've got to get over um, we've got to get over this this whole area of of thinking that oh I'm, either I'm not I'm not I'm not good enough to to receive or um, or that person is too below me to speak into my life. Where does that attitude come from? You know, it's not it's not of Christ. You know, if we call to be one, then one we are. We're on this journey together, and so I've 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 come through this. I've 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 conquered this, and what, and what a beautiful thing it is that I can now walk with fellow brothers and sisters, whether that is in my life group, whether that is uh, fellow people on staff. You know, I just I've I've absolutely loved spending time with uh, with my brother Clay this week, and just recognizing a, a gift of teaching on his life and 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 just having that chance to sit and submit and be humble and go wow thank you lord that through your son clay you have revealed something new to me and the same is going to be said that as we walk in these environments as we walk together as we become interdependent upon one another it's going to be wow justin it was awesome sharing time with you today. It was awesome receiving from what God has placed on your life, what he's been sharing, what he's been sp- and, and the, the secret place, the time and intimacy that you've had with him. Thank you for sharing that with me. If we hold, if we hold that attitude for one another, if we hold that attitude to, to say, now I want to receive the Christ. I want to receive... Uh, what uh, what he's doing, what he's building you into, then then we're going to see unity. I truly believe it. We do have to give permission.
for each other to clean and wash away the dirt that can be revealed. And Simon Peter's and, and Jesus' interaction with, with one another is is one where Jesus clearly points out that if I do if I don't wash your feet, you're not one of my people. And that's a huge challenge for each and every one of us because he's he's not talking about, oh, if I pass you by right now with a bucket. He's saying, I'm modeling something to you right now, son. I'm modeling a posture of love and of humility in this that if you do not capture what I am calling you to, you will struggle in without this very act becoming a reality, without it being revealed and that revelation being allowed to sink into you. So I'm, I'm, I'm urging you, I'm encouraging you to allow me into this place and allow me to wash your feet. I wonder how many times I've said that to God. I wonder how many times I've said that to some of you guys where I felt as though, no, everything's all right. Things are great. Things are going A-OK in my life. That I, uh, that I'm, you know, I'm on the journey and, and, uh, and I think I've got it all together. But when Christ is saying, let me show you this love, let me show you this humility, let me show you through my word, let me show you through my brother, through your, sorry, through your brother, let me show you through your sister. And that openness, that humility to say, thank you, Lord, for putting these people in my life for the very purpose of unity and oneness. Lord, show me what it is to have your love flow from the inside out and to have that humility to say, you've chosen that person. You've chosen that person to to come and speak and bring life and be vulnerable before them. My question tonight is, are we vulnerable to go to that level of interdependence with one another this evening? Later, after Jesus has washed his disciples' feet, it's incredible just the the continuation and the communication that, that Jesus has with his disciples. We get to John 13, 34, 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Here I am, guys. I'm humbling myself, Master and Lord. I'm washing your feet. I'm showing you this love that I'm calling each and every one of you as my disciples to, to humble yourselves before one another, before the the giftings that are in this house. And I'm calling you to love as I have loved. 
Friends, we've been called to love on a very different level to what we perceive in our mind as love. And I'm journeying this through myself, you know, through my marriage, through my, uh, through my relationships with, with each of you. But I don't want my love to be defined by the way that I perceive it, but by the very model that Christ showed. And in all of that, it was sacrificial love. It was humble love. It was servanthood love. And so it's a huge challenge. But what's the fruit? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, I, you know, I love and I, I'm honored to have you guys to come out and, and hear me tonight. I'm honored that you chose your Sunday evening to, to spend and be here. It would be my great honor as well to see that this pace was packed out, not because of me, <laughs> but because of Christ and because of the love that he is speaking, he's pouring out on us, and that we are modeling through being transformed by him. And as we start to walk in this sacrificial love, as we start to walk in this humble love, as we start and continue to be interdependent upon one another, as we walk and contend for God's truth and allow the gifts to speak in this house and allow that to, to pour over us and to ask the Father, what is it, God, that you are calling us to, which is clearly far greater than what my current sight and level is. Reveal that to me, Lord. Reveal that to me so that I have the eternal perspective that you're actually calling us to through these gifts being released. As we start to do that, as we humble ourselves, as we receive and walk in that love, and this place isn't going to be big enough. Because the love that we have for one another and the posture that we hold for one another is going to be infectious. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. Because it's not based on us. It's not based on our own strength. It's based on Him. It will always be based on Him and the model that He gave us. I have a lot more to say in and around the, uh, the, the significance of the body. And I'll bring that in my next part. But um, let me just get the team to, uh, to come back up. And, um, and again, I just want us to, to take this time now to focus on what that love looks like. Again, as I, say, as I said, I've, I've, I've been and I've come through this place of, of, of trying to, to, to love from my own strength. I've done it in the past with you guys. I'll be honest with you here tonight. The times where I've just come through those doors and put on <laughs> a level of armor or put on a facade to, to love you to the best I can, but in my own strength, that's going to fade. 
and it's going to fade fast. Not because I hate you guys. I do. I genuinely love you guys. But I've come to that through the love that I've, uh, I've walked through and the, the love that's been revealed to me more and more so through the Father. So this time now is about, is about pressing in. God, what does your sacrificial, your, your love that led you to humble yourselves before your believers, to wash their feet. What is that a symbolism of that you are calling us to now as your church? And as you ask that question, maybe, I don't know if you journal, if you write things down, just start to just hear the Spirit, just listen to Him and see what is He saying. What does He say that that looks like? That may look like going to your boss on Monday and saying, how can I serve you this week rather than, sh- rather than serving my own agenda? It may look like going to your life group this week and saying, guys, I've never really postured or positioned myself to, to hear, receive, or even speak into one another's life. I want to make that commitment to you this week and I want you to hold me accountable to that. So Father, tonight I thank you for your love. I thank you, Lord, that your love never fails. It never gives up. Your your sacrificial love, your love that was displayed the full extent of your love that was displayed in the washing of your disciples' feet. I thank you so much for that example because it it brings me to a place of humility before my brothers and sisters tonight. I thank you for each and every one of them in this room. I thank you for the gift, for the giftings that are on their life. Father, may they be defined by you and you alone. Father, we want to we put to death that self-governing spirit, that desire to, to define the way in which that looks. Father, we don't want to fall into that category, Lord, where independence takes over, where we desire to, to choose to go our own way. But Lord, where we are interdependent, Lord, fully on you, fully on, on how you designed it, you as the cornerstone and as we walk in that Lord as your body that those ligaments that you are calling us to to connect one another to Lord that interdependence, that interlocking Lord that we would become more mature that we would obtain the fullness of Christ show us what that looks like Lord more and more as we journey in that love, as we journey through that humble spirit. I thank you for your word, Lord. I pray, Lord, that even right now, as we sit in your presence, as we allow these words, Lord, just to wash over us, Lord, that you would you would show us what that love looks like and it would pierce our hearts would pierce us right where we are, Lord, to obtain that, to walk in that. 
thank you for modeling it, Lord. Thank you for modeling humility.